Trending topics now. Trending news right now. Four minutes past four. We look at what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Joining us is Busisiwe Khatebe, social commentator and SABC digital writer, digital news content writer. How are you, Khatebe? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Asa? I'm good. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining us on this happy Tuesday. How is it for you? So far, so good. Happy Tuesday, happy Tuesday. Um, we were expecting the water outage for like 54 hours. But, you know, from yesterday, there was, um, we still had water mm. uh, this side. So it's still fine. Yes, I was no, also supposed no. to be affected, but I'm, I'm still okay. Good, good. No rolling blackouts. No, we still, we still good. We still good for now. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into a great Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Lewis Hamilton. He is that reigning F one champion, and uh, he's now uh, had an intense battle and uh, to take one of his greatest victories, and he's won at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Of course, he won. <laughs> of course, he won. <laughs> Of course, Hamilton won. Um, and a lot of people are excited about it. This is his 101st um, F1 win, but you know, a lot of people were really excited about it. Um, some described it as one of the best drives ever seen in F1, you know, on social media. And he also, you know, his message was quite nice. Um, as a, he, he tweeted, you can do anything you put your mind to. This weekend is proof. We fought this battle on the track, and I couldn't be more proud of Mercedes AMG F1 mm. and my incredible teammate, um, Valtteri Bottas, who he says he couldn't have done it without. So um, a lot of people saying they're proud of him and they are happy about his win. It's, it's quite, it was, it's very good. It's very good and exciting for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think is, is special about this particular win? Um, I, I think if they say it's record-breaking and it's his 101st win. And also, um, it, it, it feels good because, you know, the, the win comes after this long lockdown, you know, from last year when we had um, the lockdowns all over the world. And it seemed, you know, his title hopes were fading. And um, this, this made it, you know, just bittersweet after the long COVID restrictions and, you know, a lot of people or even sports um, events couldn't take place um, traveling to other countries because of the restrictions. Mm. So it was it was very good for him to win. And it, was, it wasn't that easy um, because he started from the back mm. um, after being excluded from qualifying, you know. Um, he then finished fifth in the sprint and, you know, in the main event in 10th position. But, you know... He, he went ahead and clinched the title. So that was good. But he was also fined, though, as you know, five um, 5,000 euros after celebrating. Apparently, the way he was celebrating was not good because as he was celebrating the win, he released his seatbelt um, to collect oh. the Brazilian flag. So, you know, um, it was bittersweet in that sense. He just won and then he gets fined. Um, Ach, so. But it's fine. He can he can afford it. <laughs> he really. can afford it. He <laughs> really can. He's got the money. I mean, he gets paid millions. I mean, his salary yeah. is like what five million or something uh, per per win or per per, per, per month, month or something. Or I don't know. I think oh, it's around month. there. He, he gets a lot of money. He's he's okay. But uh, as the as next. I, hmm? as I think we should leave them. Uh, contest, contesting the local government elections, maybe we should go into F1. 
Oh, I mean, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, fast driving, hey? <laughs> I don't uh, know uh, so we, we're doing it for the five million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets 55 million. Uh, well, I think that's a year you in, in US dollars. That's how much he gets paid. So five that, euros. How much? 50 euros. How much did he get fined? We, um, uh, 6.5, 6. 5, um, 5,000, 5,000 euros. 5,000 euros. Uh, that's, that's, that should be okay for him. But it's not nice also. But, no, but he, he, he's heading to the Middle East then. So that's where they go to next yes. on 5 December yes. in Jeddah. Yes, definitely. So hopefully he'll also clinch it there. Um, yeah, that would be exciting to see. What do you make of the calls that were made for him to boycott this? Because uh, there were, you know, the issues around Saudi Arabia's human rights concerns and violations. And then he actually did heed the call to use his standing and, and power and met with the Prince Al-Faisal of the Saudi Automobile and Moto, uh, Motorcycle Federation in, in back in July. He's spoken out on Black Lives Matter. He's somebody, I guess, who stands for what's right when it comes yes. to humanity. What do you make of, of this then? Uh, I guess then from that meeting that he had, it probably allayed any doubt or fear that he had. You know, maybe he was thinking, contemplating whether to continue or not. So, you know, after that meeting, then I guess everything was ironed out for him. And maybe he just thinks it's it's good for his career. And it's a good opportunity, I guess, to go there and, you know, participate instead of boycotting um, the event. So yeah. I I don't know. I think it also goes in with, you know, um, what we're going to discuss about Ms. SA and, you know, all of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think he, he, he decided it's a good career move. Yes. Let's take a short break. Ten minutes past four. We are chatting social media trends in the last 24 hours with Khadebe. Trending news right now. 12 minutes past four, Busisiwe Khatebe joins us to discuss what's happened in social media in the last uh, 24 hours on SFM Sound Awake, if you've just joined us. So from that issue of the F1 with Hamilton, I don't know if we should go to another sports story or go to what you were saying. I mean, in terms of the calls for human rights concerns and one who is a public figure having to stand for those. Okay, maybe let's go to that. Then. <laughs> Hashtag Miss yes. SA. Um, <laughs> and then we'll talk Safa in, in just a bit. So now... Goodness, Miss S.A., Lale Lamswane, she just can't catch a break on this issue of her participation on the Miss Universe competition. So it's happening in Israel, and there have been uh, calls there for her to withdraw and and, uh, boycott it because of what Israel is seen to portray when it comes to the war ongoing between uh, themselves and Palestine. Now the Department of Arts and Culture has added their voice. And we we actually spoke about this last week, Monday, and, you know, we were saying... Um, she's not really saying anything much, but the, those who are speaking out are the organization. And, you know, people on social media are saying they don't think she can just decide to step down without any consequences because she has a contract with the Miss SA organization. Um, yesterday, there was um, uh, someone from a, a Palestinian organization speaking to SABC News saying, you know what, um, she's, she's a law graduate. Um, she shouldn't be desperate for the prize money for Miss Universe. She can do without it. And I think it's more than that. It's not just, you know, about that prize money. And um, I still maintain that, you know, she is really, she is placed between a rock and a hard place because um, she could take a stand and say, you know, she won't participate. But what would that mean 
for her and her title because her organization organizers are still adamant that you know they are going ahead um, they will go to Israel and represent South Africa. And that is why then the, the the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture said, you know what, we are withdrawing our support for Miss South, Miss South Africa patients and we will not support this uh, Miss Universe because we tried speaking to the organization, but the organization, they adamant that, you know what, we are still forging ahead and we are going to go to Israel. And it's just raised a lot of debate, Asa, you know, mm. between the Palestinian groups, different civil organizations, politicians, and um, also, you know, the Israeli groups saying, you know, government now is just being one-sided, you know. Um, others even saying, and analysts saying, you know what um, the government is, is saying, it doesn't make sense because they're still doing business with Israel at the end of the day. Um, it's not like they've cut ties completely with Israel for them to say La Lela must boycott. And that's the thing that doesn't make sense. You're going to uh, target one individual when it comes to an entire... Mm as you say, the, uh, the trade relations with Israel that South Africa has, yes. and also an entire pageant that has so many other participants in there. Why is everybody just looking at this one poor girl? I'm saying a poor girl because I feel like yes. she, she needs to catch a break. But what, why is no one looking at it that maybe she's thinking it of it as an opportunity for her to be a part of there where she does engage in dialogue and shares the stories of peace building on this issue? Correct, because you know um, the 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 Miss Essay organization, as I said, um, the beauty pageant has no place in politics. But then, on one hand, um, you know, when there are beauty pageants, it's not like they ask them about makeup and <laughs> fashion. They do mm. ask them about uh, world challenging issues, uh, politics, uh, environmental issues. And the thing is, with this Miss Universe, the reason why it's going to Israel, they're going to also focus on climate change. You know, that's that's part of it. So, um, as you are correctly saying, Ms. Ulalela is probably thinking, you know, her participation in this, you know, is to raise awareness also for the climate change. COP26 just, you know, concluded, and this is, is climate change is a serious issue, and um, it, it's one thing that, you know, we can't just, it, I don't think it's just black and white, this whole issue. There are, though, two countries that have withdrawn um, from the Miss uh, Universe um, competition, yeah. which is Miss Malaysia and Miss Indonesia. But um, so far, it's just with those two that have reportedly withdrawn. So I think, you know, this she's looking at it as an opportunity, um, you know, to go to Israel and participate in, you know, in, in this competition as it will raise, raise awareness. And maybe she they will speak on the decision because she hasn't spoken out at all um still today about you know her decision or what she wants to do or anything regarding this patient in december i'm also a bit confused in why the sports and arts and culture ministry is uh, weighing in on this is this not an event that falls under international relations why is it sports it is a, it is it is and you know um the they haven't said anything about it. It's actually just, you know, the Ministry uh, of Sports, Arts and Culture that have um, spoken out. Um, I guess they're speaking out because, you know, they were in support of the Miss SA pageant um, culturally. And so they 
they are the ones, you know, saying, you know what, you guys do not want to play ball, so we are going to withdraw um, from this uh, from the patient altogether. And they and they citing things like, you know, the atrocities committed by Israel against Palestinians are well documented. But as we mentioned also, if, if that's such the case, then what about the trade relations? It shouldn't just end with a beauty pageant. It should be more than that. Mm. Um, it should be, it should go holistically and cut ties altogether. And, but, and also um, what about the whole other 70-something participants that no one is looking at? I mean, no one is attacking exactly. the other ladies. The spotlight, I think, also is on the South Africa because, you know, they say when South Africa was going through apartheid, um, many places boycotted South Africa. So this now should be a, a chance for South Africa to take a stance against, uh, you know, a country that is, you know, committing these atrocities that they, they say they, they state in the statement. So I guess that's why the spotlight is there. But we haven't heard anything from U.S. UK, as you mentioned, you know, other countries, we haven't heard anything. It's just right now, the spotlight is on Ulanela and Shane. Hmm. You know, this this is really a tough one. The South African Jewish Board of Deputies have also weighed in on this matter. They're lashing out at the yes. Sports, Arts and Culture Minister, Natim Tetra, saying this whole time he's been quiet about other issues of concern, mm. and now uh, he's finding it to 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 have a voice on this he didn't speak about apartheid museum being uh closed those heritage yes. treasures like lily sleeve farm and uh, those were the real issues facing the arts and cultural imperatives that he should have looked at correctly so because you know um with the with the lockdowns again and the pandemic from last year we saw um as you mentioned like apartheid museum being closed and i remember government saying you know well you know we tried to bail them out but you know some of these places, they just um, abused the money, but they were quite. There, there wasn't much from the Department of Arts and Culture. But now, you know, they we see them on this bandwagon of you know boycott um, Miss Universe in Israel. Um, it's interesting because even with the with the, with the next topic that we're going to discuss, Bafa. Um, and Bafana Bafana, I, I didn't hear anything from the, the Ministry of Sports, Arts and Culture, yeah. you know, about that. It's like, you know, they're picking um, what to talk about and what not to talk about. And they should be looking at all, you know, everything that falls under that ministry. And as you also mentioned, we haven't heard so far from uh, Derko um, and, the, you know, we would like to hear from them. All we hear is from, you know, Bo, Kosatu, EFF, you know, the political organizations, you know, saying it must just be boycotted, but we haven't heard from, you know, relevant departments. Okay, so Safa then, the South African Football Association, they've officially lodged a complaint after that Bafana Bafana game on uh, Sunday with uh, Ghana. What is the complaint? The complaint is that the penalty shouldn't have been awarded, I think, on the 31st minute of the game. Um you know, now this means the the penalty gave Ghana a one nil victory over Bafana Bafana, which then means that um, South Africa will not qualify uh, for the World Cup that will will be yeah. next year and the Africa Cup of Nations, which is which is sad because the last time um, South Africa represented 
the it was represented in the World Cup was in 2002. So you know they're asking that you know they need to um, investigate the refereeing decision to award the Ghanaian player the penalty, and they they taking precedent from I think it was in 2016 mm. when um, South Africa played against Senegal and South Africa was uh, awarded. Um, a, a, a penalty, and South Africa beat Senegal 2-1, and FIFA allowed, actually, that, you know, the, the match be replayed. So that's what they, they're standing on, that this is not the first time such a complaint was lodged, and they're hoping that, you know, they can get a rematch, so that, you know, they, they can play the game again in order, I guess, for South Africa to qualify then. So they're the going to have to be quick about it, eh? because things are moving, hey? But yes, also the, these replays, to. why don't they happen uh, during the match? Why don't we make make sure that there's more who are looking at, at the replays while the match is going on so that this doesn't become an after-the-fact issue? That's, that, that's what I'm, 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 I was trying to actually figure out. After, because, you know, with some matches they do have is it the VAR system where if the referee is doubting them, you know, they call on to the other match officials to watch on the screen and to actually to make a proper decision. Mm. But this wasn't done. The referee just made a decision. And, um, you know, there is a former referee who says, um, that they, they think that, you know, maybe from the, the, the point of view of the referee, he saw it as the Bafana player pushing or pulling the shirt of the Ghanaian player before he fell down. But a lot of people agree that it was um, exaggerated mm. the way that he fell. He wasn't pushed or shoved. There was minimal contact, they say. Yes, yes. So that's the issue. And you are right. He could have called on other match officials to assist him before awarding that penalty. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, the referee Senegalese and it, the match previously with South Africa was with Senegal that it was well, rematched. You see, now that's going to add also to, <laughs> to the things. I, but also maybe we should just follow the example of rugby and we can actually even hear them when they're deliberating on these fouls. Yes. And uh, so that's the thing. This is a World Cup qualifier. Um, such systems should be in place. I mean, they flew other countries to play in South Africa for the qualifying matches. Um, a lot of the qualifying matches, you know, for um, I know Cameroon was in South Africa, were played in Orlando Stadium. So, I mean, if they could do that, I mean, they could have had all systems in place to avoid such matters. Yeah. Hashtag Sudan now. Sudan security forces arresting an Al Jazeera bureau chief in Khartoum. There's no reason given for this detention. Tell us more. Yes, so according to the the, the media, um, Al Musalami Al Kabashi was arrested at his home um, in Sudan. And it happened after, you know, the mass protests that were across the country against something that we spoke about, which was last month's military coup. So um, it's worrying, Asa, because, you know, this raises a lot of uh, questions and issues with the safety of journalists in the continent, never mind globally, because, you know, there are a lot of journalists who are either detained, um, unlawfully uh, beaten, or even killed. You know, last week, um, the African Freedom of Expression Exchange um, called on governments in Africa 
Mm. Um, to unravel mysteries around several incidents which include cases of killings of journalists. It's, it's recorded that, you know, from January to September this year, at least 11 journalists were killed on the continent. So it's that. It's the safety of journalists, you know. So this imprisonment, it, um, it doesn't make sense. Even the UN spokesperson spoke out against it, um, saying not only the journalists, but also others who were unlawfully detained um, should be released. Uh, because now the, um, they are using excessive force against protesters. Mm. And, you know, yeah, so it raises a lot of um, safety issues and um, against people generally uh, with demonstrations. So, like, people cannot demonstrate without being, you know, um, attacked or being detained and even journalists. It's not the first time also that uh, Sudanese authorities have targeted Al Jazeera in 19, I mean, in 2019, Security forces closed the broadcaster's office there in Khartoum and revoked the work permit. So it does, would definitely seem like this is an attack on press freedom. But do you think approaching it as an attack on press freedom is going to help in terms of reprehending the actions of the military in Sudan? I think it will just, you know, it will raise uh, an alarm and I think it will raise an issue with looking into if not many other issues, you know, with with what the situation that is ongoing in Sudan. So I think it is worth raising and it is worth looking into, um, Asa, because then if there is no press freedom or freedom of speech or freedom of demonstration, then it just means that, you know, the people are oppressed and oppressed and they, uh, what can be done and it should be highlighted. So that um, the different abuses, human rights abuses, are looked into. But the thing is, I thought my question is then: mm. Yes, they can raise these things and look into them. What will be done? Will there be forces, external forces, that will be sent to Sudan to assist the people on the ground? Because mm. we see in many places, Afghanistan, um, um, different African countries, with you know the, the Boko Haram. They're still running rampant. They're still doing what And that's they my do. thing, because, I mean, yes. you know, obviously the, the military is not being cooperative. And that's why I'm wondering that if we're calling it an attack on press oh. freedom, is that not going to make them want to be defensive instead of saying, just release the bureau chief? He was not trying to act against you guys. I don't know. I, I don't know, because it is a rebellious move. And I wonder yes. when somebody does something like that and you say it's an attack, are you not then giving them a kind of response that's going to make them defensive and not cooperate. But let's move to uh, hashtag intra-African trade fair before we run out of time. Uh, this, <laughs> this investment conference is going to be taking place in Durban, in KZN, and yes. uh, it will be from, uh, well, 15 November yes, it's yes, to yes. have started and until the 21st. Uh, let's talk on this. Yes, um, it's taking place, um, as you said, and it's going to be for the week. Um, and the... African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement is what's going to be looked at. Um, so they, they, they're hoping that um, the trade among African countries will surge in the next coming 12 months because, again, of lockdown restrictions um, that were had now are being eased. So hopefully it will uh, allow this agreement to be ushered in. And um, the, the trade fair... It is important, as I mean, there are a lot of heads of state. I saw them yesterday that mm. are 
uh, have descended into Durban. And I also heard that, you know, the hotels are fully booked. So it's, it's also great to, to boost tourism. But the fair is important because it's to boost the commerce across Africa with about 613 billion rand or something of trade and investment. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of uh, companies and individuals from different um, countries on the continent that are in Durban. Hopefully they'll interact also with a lot of South African companies and connect and, um, you know, so that, you know, they can be the, the, the intra-trade. Um, and not that it, it mustn't just be once off, but it must, you know, continue after this. Um, it's very important, yes. So, yes. And this single market seems to be including all the countries in the continent. I mean, there's been sanctions against Sudan. So do you yes. think that there could be calls of why the uh, African continental free trade uh, fair is not taking a stance against Sudan and saying they can't participate? And I think this would be the great, a great opportunity to raise such issues. As a, it would be great because, um, as mentioned, the, there are different heads of state, and they've also, you know, they gave some address yesterday. We have um, Buhari from Nigeria, Emerson Nangwanga from Zimbabwe, Zambia, Malawi, and even uh, Portugal is also there. So hopefully they, this will allow them to speak out on issues um, such mm. as Sudan and all these coups that are taking place, because it it, it wouldn't make sense to say it's a, it's a, you know the African Continental Trade Agreement just among certain countries. It should be all countries, all, all over 50 countries in the continent. But if there are coups and there's um, you know human rights issues, then it will be difficult to actually trade with those countries and they should look into um, then maybe possible solutions uh, regarding that. And I mean, as we say, it's a trade fair, but we know that both government and business on the continent were going to be to be there. I guess one wouldn't be able to separate the collaboration between these two, uh, government and business, as governance issues need to be tackled in the continent or on the continent to create favorable conditions for business in the first place. Uh, we won't be able to separate the politics from the business there. I, I, I no, don't think so. <laughs> we won't. We won't. And maybe Not we shouldn't in this case. Yes, Arthur, we shouldn't. This is the time that, you know, they should speak about because politics do affect business, you know. Yeah. Uh, and business does affect politics. Um, it's not, they're not separated. Let's leave it there for now. Um, quite uh, more things to talk about, but we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us on this happy Tuesday, Khatebe. Thank you, Asa. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Always great chatting. Busiziwe Khatebe, social commentator, SABC News digital content creator, discussing social media trends in the last 24 hours. Your good morning messages. Uh,